Hello and welcome to Recovered, Redeemed, Victorious. Leanne here. So happy to be with you today. Um, so I've been reading through the book of Joshua over the last uh, couple of weeks. And one story in here um, has really just been sticking with me. And I just wanted to come on today and, and just share um, some of what I've just been thinking about when I meditate on this story. So I'm, we're going to be reading in Joshua chapter 3, um, where Israel crosses the Jordan. And the Bible reads, uh, starting at verse 1, Bright and early the next morning, Joshua and the Israelites left Shittim and came to the Jordan. They camped there before crossing the river. After three days, the leaders went through the camp and commanded the people, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, you must leave here and walk behind it. But stay about 3,000 feet behind it. Keep your distance so you can see which way you should go, for you have not traveled this way before. Joshua told the people, Ritually consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will perform miraculous deeds among you. Joshua told the priests, Pick up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they picked up the Ark of the Covenant and went ahead of the people. Then the Lord told Joshua, This very day I will begin to honor you before all Israel, so they will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Instruct the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the bank of the Jordan River, wade into the water. Joshua told the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. Joshua continued, This is how you will know the living God is among you and that he will truly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hevites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. Look, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of the whole earth is ready to enter the Jordan ahead of you. Now select for yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one per tribe. When the feet of the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord of the whole earth, touch the water of the Jordan, the water coming downstream toward you will stop flowing and pile up. So when the people left their tents to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. When the ones carrying the Ark reached the Jordan and the feet of the priests carrying the Ark touched the surface of the water, the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest time. The water coming downstream toward them stopped flowing. It piled up far far upstream at Adam, the city near Zarathon. There was no water at all flowing to the sea of the Rift Valley, the Salt Sea. The people crossed the river opposite Jericho. The priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan. All Israel crossed over on dry ground until the entire nation was on the other side. Back in verse chapter or verse 15, it says that the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest time. And that really struck me. Um, so when, uh, when, what is exactly flood stage, right? That, that's kind of like, okay, well, a flood is usually not good, right? Like if your sink gets flooded, you have to clean up a lot of water or, you know, you hear, um, if you live in a a flood zone or whatever, by the ocean or by a river or something, you're often told that, you know, if it floods, stay away from it. You don't want to get, um, like try to drive through an area that's flooded, you could, your car could stall out or, you know, if it's a river, you could get swept upstream. Um, So a flood stage is actually when the surface of the water, of a body of water has risen to a sufficient level 
which causes areas not typically covered by water to be covered, um, which often causes inconvenience, um, but more importantly, is a th- could be a threat to life and property. So I want you to just think about that for a moment. When a river is at flood stage, that means that the water is higher than its banks. Um, so if you've ever seen a flooded river, it's not usually a very peaceful scene, right? You know, I remember, oh, it was a long, long time ago um, where I've actually had the the experience of approaching on foot. I approached a river, um, which was nearing flood stage. So it wasn't even flooded yet, right? It was just nearing the stage at which it was about to overflow its banks. Um, I just want to walk you through what that looked like, right? Walk you through that experience. So this was back in 1998, the beginning of the year, probably around January, January or maybe February of 1998. I was in upstate New York um, for the one year that I went to college away from home. And the Genesee River flowed through town and there was one gas station. It was a tiny little town in upstate New York and the Genesee River flowed um, right through town. So the Genesee River was within walking distance of campus um, and it ran behind this little local gas station um, where there was an apartment upstairs and I had some friends that rented that apartment above the gas station and that's that was known as like the the party spot, right? That off-campus apartment was where everyone that wanted to party would go to hang out. And um, these people that lived in this apartment decided when they heard that the Genesee was nearing flood stage, they thought that was so awesome. They wanted to go check it out and they wanted to throw a party down by the river uh, while the the river was starting to flood. Um, You know, in hindsight, probably wasn't that good of an idea. It wasn't too smart to be partying by a a river that was almost flooded. Um, But, you know, when you do things when you're younger, you don't necessarily think the consequences all the way through. But I remember as we approached the river, the sound reached me first, right? I could hear the rushing of the water. Um, And then as I got closer, I could actually start to feel the ground was kind of vibrating from the, the, the rushing water flowing, um, you know, not too far away. And then you break through some, some trees and some brush and you actually reach the bank. And that's when you could actually see what was happening. And this, this river was normally, you know, it wasn't necessarily a slow moving river or anything, but it was mostly, you know, pretty placid and it would just kind of, you know, gently flow by. And it was like a, like a deep green color, like a forest green. It wasn't like a blue or anything, but it was normally green. Um, But on this day where we were down throwing this party, the waters were brown, right? They were just this murky brown color and they were rushing by and there was like white froth on the crest. And you could, like the closer you got, the stronger the vibration of the water rushing by. Um, the closer you got to the water's edge, the more you could feel 
feel it in your whole body what was happening you know it started to make my heart race like my heart started to race it was a really powerful sight and sound and feeling like just to be able to see what this river was doing and when you're watching the water you could see um, tree branches sometimes an even whole whole tree was being carried by the water Um, these trees and branches weren't like floating on the top. Oh, like, look, a branch, you know, just floating by. Um, They were being tumbled over end over end past us, you know, as they would float down the river. And the current was like dragging them down and then spitting them out onto the top of the water at a high rate of speed. And it just would like, you could just see these trees like just crashing through the water as they were being rolled by the by the um the rushing waters um and then when you got closer to the edge you could see where it was like starting to crest over the top of the banks and you know it reminded me of being a kid with a cup or a bucket or a pail of some sort where you try to pour as much liquid or as much water into it without it flowing over the edge you know like causes kind of like that little bubble over the the top where you can see it's just about to flow over the edge but it doesn't right but if you were to just touch it or jar it just the slightest little bit it would just spill all over the edge this is very tenuous grasp on staying within the container Um, and that's what it looked like approaching the bank of this river you could see where it was just starting to like like it was as if you threw a rock or a pebble even rolled down to the water's edge it would just burst over the edge and the water would start to to just swarm everywhere um and it would just be caused to just spill everywhere and think about this this river wasn't even fully at flood stage yet right so it's not even at flood stage and it was still violently flowing awe-inspiring act of nature, act of, right, like, God's creation, like, just flowing past, but also dangerous at the same time, right? You didn't want to get too close because if you got too close, you could get pulled into the water and swept downstream and a tree could hit you or kill you or just you could just drown because it would be dragging you under and then spitting you out and it just get beaten up really badly if you were to fall into these racing waters so keeping that visual in mind right think about the story that we just read these levite priests were about to approach a river that was already at flood stage Right, It's harvest time, and the Jordan is already flooded at this point. It's at flood stage, and here they go. They have to carry the Ark of the Covenant, which to the Israelites, that was their most prized possession, right? The, the Ark of the Covenant. So they had to approach this river carrying the Ark of the Covenant. I can just see, like just imagine what they were walking up on, right? A raging river flowing by them, probably white tips and things being tossed about, you know, things that had been being carried from upstream, just whizzing by them on this flooded river. Think about what that must have felt like to them as they're approaching. 
and then they get to the bank of the water and they don't just, you know, as I'm telling the story, you know, I'm picturing it clearly because I've had the experience of approaching a river that's, that's about to flood and my heart right now, like, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but my heart is starting to race just at the, the memory of what I experienced in upstate New York all those years ago. You know, I can feel it in my bones, right? The vibration of the, the river racing by. And these, these Levite priests, like, they weren't just walking up to this river to stand there and wait for it to go down, right? They They had to actually... You know, they weren't about to, <laughs> I thought just crossed my mind, they were about to just set up camp and throw a party next to the flooded river. You know, this wasn't a flood party. This wasn't a, a harvest party. This was some special, this wasn't some special gathering. No, God had told them they were going to cross here. Hey guys, this is where we're going to cross. The land I've promised you is on the other side of this raging river. In chap in uh, verse 8, it says that God told through uh, Joshua, it says, instruct the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the bank of the Jordan River, wade into the water. Wade into the water, right? Like, wait a minute. Wade into the water. Did you just say we have to walk into this raging river? It's at flood stage. God, are you crazy? Hang on a minute. You're telling me I have to cross this? Yep, that's what that's what God said. Wade means literally to walk into water. At flood stage, they had to walk into this water at flood stage. In the natural, right, the fear must have been intense. I can only imagine, right? Just the idea, just the thought that we had to to wade, they had to wade into this water. And then um just what was flowing by them, right? Just the, the, oh man, I can't even comprehend what that must have felt like, right? To just be standing there on the bank of this raging river, knowing that they had to step into the water. That is radical faith, right? Um, in verse 13, it says, when the feet of the priests carrying the ark of the Lord, the Lord of the whole earth, touch the water of the Jordan River, the water coming downstream towards you will stop flowing and pile up. So not only do they have to touch the water, so the the translators note here at the word touch in my Bible, it says it could also mean rest in, right? So it's not just that they're touching the water, but they have to rest in. So they had to approach this flooded river, seeing with their eyes the debris and the raging water that could easily sweep them away, right? And they had to step in the water and rest there. And that's when they would see the water stop flowing and start to pile up, right? So they had to not just step into the water, but then they had to rest there. And then verse 17, it says that the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while Israel crossed over onto dry ground. So they not only just had to step into the water and then the water would, they had to stand there and watch it pile up, right? Imagine that, right? Like imagine seeing just water pile up while you're standing there holding the Ark of the Covenant. Or I don't know, think of something that's really precious to you, maybe your child or a pet 
or a family heirloom, something you're holding that, that, and you have to stand there and hold it while tribe upon tribe of people cross, pass by you. They're crossing on dry land, yes, but you're standing there, you're left standing there watching this water pile up upstream. The amount of faith that it took for these priests to be obedient is radical, right? That's what I'm going to probably title this episode is radical faith, right? So what is it in your life? Just think for a moment. What is it in your life that God's asking you to cross over, right? There's, there's things in our lives that we have to pass through to get to the other side. And in order to do that, sometimes we have to walk through some gnarly stuff, right? We have to put our feet and we have to rest there. We have to rest while God carries us through or while he um, causes the, the things to pile up so that we can get to the other side safely, right? Our promised land is on the other side of something, right? Another example of radical faith is in Daniel 3. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were being um, told that they needed to bow down. There was King Nebuchadnezzar. He had a golden statue made and he wanted all of the people of the land to bow down and worship this golden statue. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego served the Lord God. Um, and they said, no, we're not going to do that. Um, in verses, let's see, it's Daniel 3, starting in verse 13, it says, um, King Nebuchadnezzar was angry, right? He got mad at this. He said, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in a fit of rage, demanded that they bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before him. So they brought them before the king. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you don't deserve, you don't serve my gods, and that you don't pay homage to the golden statue I erected? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zith, trigon, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must bow down and pay homage to the statue I had made. If you don't pay homage to it, you will immediately be thrown into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. Now, who is that God who can rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego gave you Replied to King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you a reply concerning this. If our God, whom we are serving, exists, he is able to rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will rescue us, O king, from your power as well. But if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we don't don't serve your gods, and we will not pay homage to the golden statue that you have erected. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage, and his disposition changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He gave orders to heat the furnace seven times hotter than it was normally heated. He ordered strong soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. So those men were tied up while still wearing their cloaks, trousers, turbans, and other clothes and were thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. But since the king's command was to was so urgent and the furnace was so excessively hot, the men who escorted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were killed by the leaping flames. Those three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the furnace of blazing fire while still securely bound. Another example of radical faith, and I know I didn't get to the, I didn't read the part where they get rescued, right? But there's a, I'm just wanted to point out these, these things that these individuals faced, right? In Daniel 6, 
Um, It's the story of Daniel and the lion's den. And in Daniel 6, the leaders in the land knew that Daniel was exceptional, right? He had an excellent spirit and he was going to be promoted to over all the land. Um, And in Daniel 6, the leaders in the nation or in the land had colluded together to have the king, King Darius, issue a royal edict for that said for the next 30 days, anyone that's found to be praying to anyone other than the king should be thrown into a den of lions, um, which meant that Daniel, who was highly favored by the king, needed to stop praying to the Lord God or suffer the consequence of being thrown to the lions. Um Daniel still refused to stop praying, even just for 30 days, right? He didn't say, oh, you know, it's just 30 days. God will understand. No, he refused. He continued to pray, and therefore he was sentenced to the den of lions. So in these three stories, right, we see the Levite priests having to face a raging, flooded river. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego facing a fiery furnace, and Daniel facing a lion's den. All of them could have at some point said, you know what, it this, is it really worth it, right? Like there's something on the other side of the river, right? Like for the Levite priests, it was the promised land. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there was, after their rescue, they were promoted in the land, um, in the province of Babylon. So they be, they were exalted and promoted. And then David, or not David, Daniel. Daniel was delighted to see that Daniel was rescued. Um, and he prospered during the reign of Darius so he was prospered, right? So there was a blessing on the other side of them obeying the Lord. And, and um, for the Levites, it was stepping into the river. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it was refusing to bow down to the, the golden um, statue. For Daniel, it was refusing to stop praying. But there was something that they faced that was really scary, Right, that they had to go through this really scary thing to get to the other side and to receive their promise, to receive their blessing. There's something waiting for you on the other side of your obedience. There is something waiting for you after you walk through potentially something really scary. Right? So, what's your flood? Right? What is your f- flood that you need to walk walk through? What's the what's the fire that you're facing, or what's the den of lions that you need to rest among? Right? Daniel fell asleep when he was in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego met with the Lord in the fire. Right? If you read through that story, and I encourage you to read these stories in full. Again, that was Daniel three for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel six for Daniel and the lions den. Um, but if you read the the Shadrach story, there's a fourth person that the king sees that Nebuchadnezzar sees wandering around in the flames. They they were thrown into the fire, bound, but then 
when they were watching what was happening inside the furnace, they could see four men not tied up walking around. They met with the Lord in the furnace. And then they came out not even smelling of smoke. But they still had to go into the fire. The Levite priests still had to step into the water. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to step into the fire or had to be thrown into the fire. And Daniel had to go into the lion's den before they would receive their blessing that was on the other side. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Therefore we do not despair, but even if our physical body is wearing away, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light suffering is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison, because we are not looking at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. So while we're here in this world, there could be things that are scary that we need to walk through. There could be things that are painful that we need to get to the other side of, but we keep our eyes not on what's right in front of us, not on the raging water, not on the fire, not on the lions, right? But we keep our eyes on what's eternal, right? We keep our eyes on Jesus so that we can be, um, because what we see in front of us is temporary, right? The, the flood, the river won't stay flooded forever. And Based on the promise of God, the moment you step into that, he's going to cause the waters to stop flowing so that you can safely get to the other side, right? Um, When you go into the fire, he's going to meet you there and he's going to make sure that you are unbound and he's going to protect you so that you don't even smell like smoke when you get out, when you come out of the furnace, right? When you go into the lion's den, he's going to give you a peace so overwhelming that you fall asleep and take a nap, right? Like, What can be seen is the lions. What can be seen is the fire. What can be seen is the scary rushing wave and all of the things that are flying by that have to be encountered. But the protection of God is what goes with us into those things. That's what cannot be seen. That's the glory far beyond all comparison, right? So we're not looking at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen, which is eternal, which is the Lord, our God, which is Jesus Christ, which is his Holy Spirit, right? Those are the things that cannot be seen with the naked eye, but will go with us into these areas that can be really scary. You know, in the book of Joshua, all through the book of Joshua, there's the statement, do not be afraid. Um, Do not be afraid is one of the most... Uh, you know, it, it doesn't say that you're not going to feel afraid, right? The Bible doesn't say um, that fear isn't going to exist ever, right? That the spirit of fear isn't going to come and try to rest on you, right? Because the enemy ultimately wants to steal your promise from you, does not want you to cross the river, does not want you to even go into the the flames or into the lion's den, does not want you blessed, right? Does not want you to see your promised land. Um, but in Joshua 1.9, it says, I repeat, 
Be strong and brave. Don't be afraid and don't panic for I, the Lord your God, am with you in all you do. So even as you're stepping out into the waters, even as you're stepping out into the fire, even as you're stepping out to lay down with lions, the Lord your God is with you in that and will protect you all the way to the other side will keep you from drowning, will keep you from being burned up by the flames, will keep you from being eaten by the lions. And then on the other side of that is your promised land. That's where all the promises that God, every word that has been laid over your life, said over your life, and any promise that's rung true for you in the Bible, anything that you've been believing for is on the other side of these things and the Lord your God wants you to trust him enough to take that step wade into the water and rest there and rest there with him while he protects you on your journey to the other side anyway that my dear friends I love you so much um I hope this blessed you as um, just this story really has blessed me a lot over the last couple of weeks that I've been meditating on it. Um, and at the end of Joshua 3, they, they stood firmly there while everyone, the entire nation, made it to the other side, to their promised land, right? So the results of the obedience of the Levite priests was the entire nation of Israel reaching their promised land. The result of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going into the fire was promotion and Daniel his um, result right his blessing was prosperity for the rest of his days Um, so I thank you all for listening to me I hope this blessed you I hope it encouraged you I love you tons and I'm gonna pray us out Lord Jesus I thank you for every person listening to this podcast today Lord I thank you for all my friends Lord I'm blessed beyond measure with wonderful, God-filled, God-fearing, spirit-filled women of God in my life. Lord, I ask that you would bless them and prosper them. Show them what it is that they need to cross. Reveal their Jordan River to them. Reveal their fire. Reveal, Reveal their den of lions, Lord. And then fill them with the confidence and the trust and the faith that you will be with them as they go through and into these places and these things that need to be um, crossed over uh, on the way to their promise, Lord, on the way to their promised land. I ask that you just give them the courage and the faith. Um, and also, if there's any men of God listening to this, I just realized I said women of God, but if there's any men of God listening to this podcast, I ask that you just bolster them and give them the confidence and the faith to cross that Jordan River, get to the other side where the promise is, knowing with full faith and full confidence that you are God, you are a good God, your plans are higher than our plans, and that you will protect us as we cross through anything that seems so scary that we couldn't possibly get to the other side on our own. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.